háború. We got the NASA countdown. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, of course, we've got, uh, eh, we're in the soft news season. A lot of people are vacationing. Most of Europe, by the way, takes the whole month off. So it's Indeed. rather remarkable listening to this uh, jejun healthcare debate here in the United States. With yeah. just the incredible disinformation that just keeps popping up. Uh, well, and worse than disinformation, uh, outright lies. downright uh, lies and, and I would say even dirty tricks. Yeah, it's, it's um, the usual stuff. Yeah, uh, the usual bag of uh, dirty tricks. But it's interesting to open with the comment that uh, most of Europe gets the month of August off, and that's a paid vacation. Yeah. And there are a number of reasons for it. Obviously, uh, their taxes are a little bit higher. Um, but, you know, you run your own bakery while well, it's a chance to shut down and do some improvements. So it's not just, you know, denying you access to your income for a month. Uh, it's a paid vacation. And uh, you can do something productive and fruitful with the time in addition to take the family on a trip for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, of course, not only do Europeans have so-called universal health care. They have much longer life expectancy. And interestingly, now they're beginning to uh, link uh, vacation time with uh, health care outcomes. Uh, America mm. has the least paid national holidays pretty much in the industrialized world. Um, countries like Germany have 30 days off. <laughs> More vacation, you live longer. Work Less stress. causes stress uh, for the most part. One way or another. Yeah. Um, some of it is uh, physical stress. Some of it is bureau bureaucratic stress. You, you, you can come up with whatever you, you want to. But when I hear Miss Moose uh, from Alaska talking about death panels, you know, it just turns out to be just completely made up. It's a catchy little marketing phrase. Her credentials, by the way, uh, now consist of basically ex-governor, right? Yeah. I mean, she's, uh, I don't know if she's officially severed all ties or when the term that she's walked away from ends. I mean, but uh, she she didn't have much in the credential department to begin with, but uh, now even less so. Well, even less so. And the, and the remarkable thing, of course, is that... You know, what her precise uh, future in politics really is is a little unclear. I don't really view her as a credentialed person to run for president. Her negativity ratings are in incredibly high. But how ironic that the people who are using this phrase death panel, i.e. Sarah Palin, are the people that are in favor of the death penalty. They're in favor yeah. of the war in Iraq. Uh, they actually have death all around them. So no wonder they think in terms of death. And, of course, as for the issue of, you know, rationing health care and uh, cutting off the tubes and whatnot, 
You know, it's it, it's one of those debates that America needs to have. Uh, th- there was a uh, well, there's well, a co- the, the actual language was end of life yeah. counseling, and that could be a wide range of things. Sure, uh, a living will. Uh, many people die without wills. Uh, my maternal grandparents died without mm-hmm. a will, yeah. and so. Nobody knew until sure. they had already died that that was the case. So this is a good thing for elderly people, people near the mm-hmm. end of their lives, whatever their age, to receive some sort of counseling as how do you put your affairs in order? Uh, and maybe even, as I think you're alluding to, how do you want to go? Yeah. You know, what will the quality of your life be? Will you choose to have an assisted suicide? Yeah, and it's ironic because there's actually a, a very famous... Uh, Reading from the Bible, it's in Ecclesiastes. I should have brought it in, but it's uh, it was turned into a song from the '60s. Turn to, to everything. everything. There to is every, a season. To everything, there is a season, and there's a time to live, a time to die, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting, by the way. Um, there was a study uh, published uh, in March of uh, this this past year in the uh, Journal of the American Medical Association. Regarding the issue and the linkage between uh, religious belief and the desire to prolong life, I found this fascinating because I think it explains the marketing tactic that the uh, disinformation specialists are using. Of course, most Americans uh, don't want to confront these issues. These issues are hard to talk about publicly, and they're even hard to talk about within families Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, Delicate issues. Uh, depending on your age and your circumstance in life, you should talk to your parents about these things. Find out what they want. Right. Um, you got to bring it up delicately. Don't bring it up in the midst of a uh, a debate about how bad the Detroit Lions are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting to this uh, interesting linkage between uh, religious belief and terminal care, Ronnie Karen Rabin in the... Uh, March 18th edition of the New York Times, in reporting this uh, study uh, that was basically published uh, in the middle of March of this past year, the Journal of the American Medical Association, wrote that terminally ill cancer patients who drew comfort from religion were far more likely to seek aggressive, life-prolonging care in the week before they died than less religious patients and far more likely to want doctors to do everything possible to keep them alive, a study has found. The patients who were devout were three times as likely as less religious ones to be put on a mechanical ventilator to maintain breathing during the last week of life. And they were less likely to do any advanced care planning, like signing a do-not-resuscitate order, preparing a living will, or creating a health care proxy, the analysts found. People think that spiritual patients are more likely to say that their lives are, quote, in the hands of God. Let whatever happens happen. But in fact, we know they want more aggressive care. Because they're afraid. That's why a lot of people adhere to religion. And Obama got flack for this before Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was elected. Uh, But fear is a a primary reason why people adhere to uh, religion. Interestingly, uh, Holly uh, G. uh, Pregerson, the study's senior author and a director of the Center for Psychological Oncology and Palliative Healthcare uh, Research at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, 
It's quoted as saying to religious people, life is sacred and sanctified. And there's a sense that it's uh, their duty and obligation to stay as alive as long as possible. Well, it's like those people who are uh, infertile and uh, get heavily medicated with uh, fertility drugs and then say, God wanted me to have octuplets. Exactly. And God wanted me to have a reality television show to (laughs) exploit them, watch babies uh, go to the bathroom and burp and roll over and say, do da, do da. Uh, The vast majority of the patients, religious or not, uh, did not want heroic measures taken. Still, 11.3% of the most religious patients uh, received mechanical ventilation during the last week of life, compared to only 3.6% of the least religious. And, of course, I bring this up because this is part of this fictitious debate that we're having right now. I think that the debate has gotten completely off the rails, as they say. Uh, we should be talking about health issues, public right. health, how to, to remain healthy and minimize health care costs one way or another. And where I sort of agree with the uh, idea that uh, it, it, there is personal responsibility involved, That's we need to create programs that incentivize uh, people to... Uh, Cook at home, not eat fast food, tax soda beverages, raise uh, uh, tobacco taxes, tobacco taxes, although it's amazing how how high they already are. Raise gasoline taxes. There's all this tremendous debate right now about revenue, government revenue. The last gas tax, federal gas tax was increased in 1993. It has not been adjusted for inflation. And it is absolutely appropriate here in the United States to be talking openly about raising gasoline taxes, both state and federal, to raise more revenue. And these ridiculous injections of Stephen Hawking, you know, into the debate. What a remarkable event. I mean, this guy's, you know, pretty much recognized as a a genius of a certain kind, um, discussing Stephen Hawking's theories of the universe and black holes and... God knows what other cosmic uh, discussions that he can get into is remarkable because the the, the um, conservatives that are trying to uh, red bait this to death used him as an example, and then he of course had to come out and defend the British healthcare system. Right. Yeah, and I've actually got something from the Financial Times by Nicholas Timmons about that. Uh, <clears throat> British healthcare system. Uh, he says that Obama's critics are wrong uh, to attack the NHS. I'll just read a couple of paragraphs here. A balanced view of the two systems, that is the British and the U.S., might go like this. The U.S. has some of the very best medicine in the world, particularly high-tech medicine, notably in its leading academic health centers, and it has more of it than in the UK. But study after study shows that overall the highest level of health spending in the world does not deliver anything like the best results. A recent study, for example, looked at deaths in those aged under 75 that are amenable to treatment, for example, infections, cancers, diabetes, heart and vascular disease. Overall, the U.S. had the worst record among 19 industrialized countries, and the rate at which those deaths had been declining had slowed over the previous five years against the decline seen in other countries. The U.S. record was worse than uh, not just worse than 
that not just the UK, but for example, Portugal and Ireland. Yes, that's right. Portugal and Ireland have better health care systems than we have. Martin McKee of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, one of the study's authors, says, quote, If the U.S. performed as well as the top three countries in the study, France, Japan, and Australia, there would have been 101,000 fewer deaths per year. There would also have been tens of thousands fewer in the U.K. had it been the same. Um, no system is perfect, but our system, which has all this uh, support coming out of the woodwork, more about Dick Army and the other uh, woodenhead uh, who are supporting that a little bit later. The Pitchfork um, Brigade. The Pitchfork Brigade. They're the, back. The teabaggers, as they uh, sometimes like to call themselves. Um, Unaware, apparently, of what teabag <laughs> actually is. I think they've been corrected on that and now uh, say, oh, it's tea party, tea party. Yeah. But, uh, mm -hmm. They'll always be teabaggers in uh, our book, I think. Anyway, why such defense for this system, which performs so poorly? Yeah. And Ireland and Portugal uh, perform better. And here maybe is an insight. There are 3,300 lobbyists lined up in Washington to work this issue. That is six lobbyists for each of the 535 members of the House and Senate according to the Senate's own records. This is three times the number of lobbyists registered uh, to lobby on defense. And more than 1,500 organizations have retained lobbyists to press their case, and about three more sign up every day. All of the 10 largest lobbying firms uh, by revenue are involved in this uh, debate. Mm -hmm. So it's, this is big money that's getting nervous about losing the golden egg. Losing the golden egg and possibly dealing with competition, though what I suspect is going to ultimately happen is there will be a completely unsatisfactory bill, and Obama will make a mistake if he signs something that doesn't really deliver much in, in terms of actual results. Um, I think Obama needs to, you know, devote his uh, political capital to fighting for what he believes in, but I don't think he should sign a health care reform bill in the name of signing a bill. I think that there are, obviously, it's very difficult to argue publicly about stuff we don't even know what the final product looks right. looks like. So I think that's one of the other remarkable things about this health care debate is it's currently existing. Interestingly, of course, another fallacious argument that's being used a lot and, uh, you know, throwing Stephen Hawking into the mixture didn't seem to have worked. But there are the other usual disinformation uh, tactics, too. Uh, of course, the Fox News um, had a conservative writer named John Lott on one of their bloggers um, write, Americans should ask Canadians and Brits, people who have long suffered from rationing, how happy they are with central government decisions on eliminating unnecessary health care, quote-unquote. There's no particular reason that the United States should copy the British or Canadian forms of universal coverage rather than uh, the one of different management arrangements that have developed in other industrialized nations, some of which may be better. But as it happens, last year the Gallup poll did, a, did ask Canadians and Brits. This is last year. And people... Uh, were asked if they, and in many other countries, were asked if they, quote, have confidence in health care or medical systems in their country. In Canada, 73% answered the question affirmatively. Coincidentally, an identical percentage of Britons 
gave the same answer. In the United States, despite spending more per person on health care, the figure was only 56%. This, by the way, from an article by Peter Singer, uh, which basically uh, entitled Why We Must Ration Health Care, a Utilitarian Philosopher's Argument for Placing a Dollar Value on Human Life. Uh, this appeared in the Sunday New York Times Magazine on the 19th of July. And I recommend this. Uh, Peter Singer is a kind of a well-known philosopher type. Uh, not to be confused with the Peter Singer, by the way, who has written a lot about uh, the privatization of military uh, okay. um, the American military and how that's uh, had disastrous uh, consequences. Uh, this goes into the philo philosophical issue of um, rationing health care. And we have seen, I think, really throughout the, the last year and a half because of the presidential campaign last year and, of course, this uh, foray into health care reform currently that, as I say, strikes me as uh, exceedingly problematic the way it's beginning to develop. The Wall Street Journal... Uh, published an op-ed piece at the end of the year, which, of course, presaged the debate, in which Sally Pipes, the CEO of a conservative uh, group called the Pacific Research Institute, had an editorial called, Obama will ration your health care, unquote. <laughs> and uh, she described how the British national health care system does not pay for drugs that are regarded uh, as not offering good value for money. Americans will not put up with such limits, nor will our elected representatives, she wrote. And the Democratic chair of the Senate Finance Committee, Senator Max Baucus, told CNN in April, quote, there's no rationing of health care at all in the proposed reform. And, of course, Baucus is part of the, you know, the dam that's stopping the water from flowing here. He's represents a more conservative state. He's got power. He can determine the uh, velocity of the, the hearings, and he's obviously one of the advocates of this so-called cooperative, public cooperative system, which I think may have some validity, but uh, is, is not going to radically reform health care costs here in the United States. Well, the, the term rationing itself is, is somewhat bizarre because when you think that about half of Americans don't have any health insurance whatsoever, they've effectively been rationed out of the system. Yeah, it is rationed. And so we already have rationed health care. Most people don't have any. And, you know, they have access to the emergency room, and that's about it. And we know what that does to drive everybody else's costs up. Um, speaking of Canada, here's a great quote from a angry Pitchfork uh, Brigade member that I just want to throw in here. Uh, she uh, said to uh, this reporter... Um, Edward Lace, uh, quote, they want to turn us into Canada when thousands are coming over here from Canada just to survive. Close quote. Uh, when it was pointed out that Canadians have a significantly higher life expectancy than Americans, Miss Pollock, uh, this angry pitchforker, replied, that can't be true. That's not what I've heard, which raises questions about where she's hearing these things. In fact, it's well known that, that many Americans make trips to Canada to buy. The Simpsons even did a takeoff on this, where yeah, Americans prescription drugs. go to Canada to get the prescription drugs because they're cheaper. The bus there. trips. Right. Maybe that's why the State Department decided that seniors that were organizing bus trips to Canada had to all get passports to go into Canada because they might be terrorists. <laughs> 
Right. Uh, uh, and, you know, we can go into an interesting uh, discussion of the Bush health care uh, reform debate. But it's interesting in the article about rationing. I just wanted to quote this thing, too, because it's interesting. Um, and this is a, uh, a study by Joseph Doyle, professor of economics in the Sloan School of Management at MIT. He studied the records of people in Wisconsin who were injured in severe automobile accidents and had no choice but to go to the hospital. He estimated that those who had no health insurance received 20% less health care and had a death rate 37% higher than those with health insurance. The difference held up even when those without health insurance were compared to those without automobile insurance. Wow. And those on Medicaid, groups with whom they share the same characteristics that might affect treatment. The lack of insurance seems to be what caused the greater number of deaths. And he goes on to note, by the way, that one study has estimated that about 20,000 deaths annually are caused by the absence of universal health care. By the way, that's six times the number of people that died in 9-11. Um, hmm. No wonder we have a global war on terrorism. Uh, over but the what last... about the death panels? <laughs> the death panels, yes, they're everywhere. They're meeting in the madrasas as we speak <laughs> in Pakistan and Afghanistan, discussing <clears throat> how they can pull the plug on grandma and commit terrorist acts. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, is uh, fatuous nonsense. Uh, one study concluded, and this is according to Peter Singer again, that in the age group of 55 to 64 alone, more than 13,000 extra deaths a year may be attributed to a lack of insurance coverage. Um, I recommend this article because it goes into some of the factual uh, comparative data, and it also raises some of the philosophical questions. Right, and that last statistic uh, speaks very clearly about what really this whole conversation needs to center on, which is healthy living. Sure. Which is preventative medicine. Uh, if you have access to health insurance, you have access to, you know, regular checkups, you know, routine screenings. You can catch these things early. You can prevent expensive procedures from becoming necessary. And so it, the more people who have access to good health care, the cheaper, theoretically, it should be. Here's a couple of the uh, new Harpers just arrived in my mailbox this morning. This is a September edition, and the first three items in their index uh, pertain directly to this. A percentage change since 2002 in average premiums paid to large U.S. health insurance companies, plus 87. Mm -hmm. A percentage change in the profits of the top 10 insurance companies, plus 428. 428% yeah. increase in profit. However, let's think about this from the consumer angle here. And the third statistic is pretty damning. Chances that an American bankrupted by medical bills has health insurance, 7 in 10. So even if you have insurance... The system's pricing is way out of control, and it's it's not like the insurance companies themselves are just scraping by. They're making money hand over fist. Well, they're making hand over fist, and yet another example of this f fallacious rationing thing, and I wanted to read this because this is another telling uh, study 
uh, Peter Singer once again from the 17th, or excuse me, the 19th of July, uh, 2009 edition of the New York Times Magazine. You can probably find a hardcover copy of this in uh, the local public library back in the stacks. A recent Commonwealth Fund study led by Kathy Schoen and Robin Osborne surveyed adults with chronic illnesses in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, the UK, and the United States. Far more Americans reported foregoing health care because of cost. More than half, 54%, reported not filling a prescription, not visiting a doctor when sick, not getting recommended care. In comparison, in the U.K., the figure was 13 percent, in the Netherlands, 7 percent. Even among Americans with insurance, 43 percent reported that cost was a problem and that they had limited treatment and had limited the treatment that they had received. According to a 2007 study led by David Himmelstein, more than 60 percent of all bankruptcies are related to illness, with many of these specifically caused by medical bills even amongst those with health insurance. In Canada, the incidence of bankruptcy related to illness is much lower. So the point is, is that these ridiculous uh, cross-national comparisons don't stand up to scrutiny. Um, once again, the facts are being ignored. And instead, we're getting the deluge of propaganda, television advertising, and all of the nonsensical hysteria that associates virtually every political debate in the United States. And it's this idea, well, if we can just keep talking, and if we can just keep screaming, and just keep jabbing pitchforks and creating uh, you know, uh, media on YouTube and uh, the cable news, uh, news networks that's, that want to report conflict, they're not interested in actual investigating factual information right talking to real experts uh they want to they like the conflict they like to see oh that looks good on tv yeah and of course these are nitty-gritty detail-oriented tedious procedural matters it's it doesn't translate well as an entertainment subject no. to talk about insurance reform um but when you have organizations like lyndon larouche's pack Mm -hmm. creating pictures of uh, Obama with a Hitler mustache and a little placard here. And this is from the front page of the Financial Times, um, Hitler to Obama. And they've photoshopped an Obama right into the middle of Hitler being surrounded by doctors. We just love your new health care reform. When is the Hitler card going to wear out? That is so overplayed. It's, it's probably more overplayed even than the race card in politics. You're worse than Hitler. Well, there's a lot of American presidents who've got a lot of blood on their hands, but I, he hasn't even been president for a year. I'd say Obama's uh, relatively blood-free at this point, certainly not anything like a Hitler. And then you get the people who are shouting, you're a socialist, you're a fascist. Well, these people are morons because socialism and fascism are completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So which is it? Clearly they don't know what they're talking about. And, and with Lyndon La, LaRouche <laughs> telling them where to go. Oh, he's always uh, good for a laugh. If not a... Uh, you, you, I, I didn't even know he was still alive. I thought he was dead, but apparently his organization survives... Maybe uh, he's being kept alive by a ventilator somewhere. And <laughs> then there's Dick oh, Army, but you've got oh, a clipping Oklahoma. we'll go yeah, to I first. Yeah, I do, because this, this, of course, is associated with this disinformation campaign against uh, Obama 
that clearly uh, let's let's face it let's come out and say it there's an element of racism involved in some of these attacks but i just for the birthers out there because we'll give them a brain damage award apparently even lou dobbs is getting into this birthers nonsense produce your birth certificate prove that oh. you're an american uh, just for the record, a federal judge threw out a lawsuit questioning Obama's citizenship. This is dated AP, 6th of March, criticizing the case. As a waste of the court's time, Mr. Obama has been dogged by rumors spread on the Internet that he is ineligible to be president because he is, quote, a, not a natural-born citizen as the Constitution requires. In response last summer, his campaign posted his Hawaii birth certificate on its website, but the lawsuit argued that the certificate was fake and that Obama was actually born in his father's homeland, Kenya. The judge, James Robertson of Federal District Court, said that the case could have ended up in the books, quote, that seek to prove that the law is foolish or that America has too many lawyers with not enough to do. Um, yeah, well, that's the new America for you. Throw anything out on the Internet. <laughs> Hope it sticks. Create a movement, create pitchforks, and hopefully if it has an element of conflict and emotionalism. And well, I like Nancy Pelosi's uh, denomination of uh, AstroTurf, because this is something that's not a grassroots organization, yeah. but purports to be one. And when you look at an individual like Dick Army, who heads a group called Freedom Works, a group which fights against universal health care, uh, there's an article in... Uh, Today's uh, Financial Times uh, saying that uh, Dick Army has turned to the uh, working model of uh, Saul Alinsky, the 60s radical who inspired a generation of protesters. And uh, Dick Army says, what I think of Alinsky is that he was very good at what he did, but what he did was not good. <laughs> <laughs> so he can use these tactics, but he can denounce them at the same time and, and maintain his good conservative uh, credibility here. But what's Dick Army really all about? Well, gee, on Friday last, he announced his resignation from DLA Piper, a Washington-based lobbying firm that he advised since stepping down from Congress in 2002. Both DLA Piper, which has big health care clients, including Bristol-Myers Squibb, the pharmaceutical company that opposes many elements of Obama's health reforms, and Mr. Army said he had decided to quit in order to spare the firm any further embarrassment by association with Freedom Works. Well, at least he didn't say he quit to spend more time with his family. <laughs> but... Uh, He's clearly been representing the pharmaceutical companies all sure. along, and this is simply a cosmetic maneuver to say, oh, I'm not part of that organization anymore, but my new organization is continuing the same work as I did before as a lobbyist when I was directly paid by those guys. So um, it's, it's not too hard to see through those maneuvers. Indeed. Well, you are listening to WCBN, FM Ann Arbor. Uh, I believe we are out of time this evening, so we'd like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering. Uh, do stay tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on this fine station. I believe I saw Morgan Drake uh, mulling around in the background picking out those albums, so take it over. Yazoo City Calling. <laughs>